I'm Phil Mendoza with Alpha Bow Hunting. Welcome back to our show, To The Point. Welcome back, everybody. We are getting another podcast rolling, um, YouTube show, depending on where you're consuming the content, right? So first off, I wanted to start off by saying I appreciate the feedback already from the first few videos videos I've done here recently. Um, the last one pertaining to effective range. You know, just to quickly cover a few things that have already some comments and messages that I've been getting. The the momentum side of, of your equation, it's super important to consider all things. You know, anytime you have a, a math formula that can give you feedback in 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 regards to what we're doing, we need to we need to look at it, we need to see how it fits into our system, and we need to take that data into account. The reason I've only incorporated the kinetic energy side so far is because of that Easton chart, right? Like I said, I've never seen any other chart that would quantify or correlate uh, a measurement of momentum, you know, as it pertains to a large game size animal or medium size game size animal or any animal for that matter. Um, The theory is always the more momentum, the better. And in our approach, in our coaching approach, as if, if you have been through our program, our all-day workshop, or have been through any of my online courses, or are going to become a member of the, um, the Alpha Ball Hunting membership side of the website now, then these videos are going to be there for you to, to really dive into and understand why we are going about it and using it. It's, it's good. There's not a perfect system out there. Archery is very subjective, just like broadheads, just like arrow diameter, just like so many things. But the one thing I know is the more, you know, I, I say it all the time, the more boxes you can check, the better off you're going to be. You know, us as bow hunters, if we can do our due diligence to, you know, gather information, organize it, see how it lays out and see how we specifically how it lays out with us plugged into the equation, then you know, we're doing the best we can to be prepared as we head out into the woods. And in the event that there's ever a, you know, a a discussion, dispute, argument, we know that we've went one step or two steps beyond the process and being prepared to, to take an animal life. You know, it's something that many people frown on, but that's where I, I focus on, you know, being an ethical hunter that, has to go through a process to get ourselves there. So anyway, I uh, appreciate those those comments so far. Um, those of you that have been using that formula, like I said, that it, it's, it's a range of a formula. It's not exactly a formula, but it's just it, that range. It It's great to see how your kinetic energy falls off at distance. Again, somebody's saying, you know, I want to be able to hunt elk and I want to shoot an expandable broadhead and they have X amount of kinetic energy, and it shows them that at 50 yards, they dip below that recommended chart of kinetic energy for that specific game. That situation and the situation of the hunter with a lower amount of KE because of a shorter draw length or the the lack of ability to, to pull more poundage, 
I'm not telling you those people should not hunt. I'm just saying you need to learn where to draw that line in the sand as where your limitations are. And again, in, if you've ever been through some of the workshops, it's never that you should settle or accept for those line in the sand um, limitations. You need to know where they are. So that way, when you're looking to improve or get better at anything, you know how, where to push past and what you need to do to get past that. If that's something you're looking to do. So it's a, it's a quick formula. It's, it's good to see where you, where you lay out at distance. And again, that 2.8 to 3.5 range of loss is um, per 10 yards. So quickly, one more time on that formula, you take your, your KE at point blank or at, you know, what you figure with your arrow going through the chrono at two or three feet. And then you're going to multiply that by, for example, 0.97. You take your number of 85 times 0.97, and that's going to give you your KE at 10 yards. You take that new number now, and you multiply it again by 0.97, and that's going to give you your new KE at 20 yards. And you take that number, and you take and multiply it again by 0.97, then it'll give you your KE at the next 10-yard distance. So that's the process. It's just... Again, uh, more information sometimes than somebody might think they need, but I, I disagree. I think it's something that's super valuable to, to look into. So moving into the topic of today is very much related to that process. And so I'm still going to be tying some things into that site in process. It's eliminating variables. And another topic that I've talked about many, many times. And when you look at improving at archery, when you look at becoming more successful at anything, the best thing you can do is in archery is eliminate variables. When you understand that a compound bow, as, as I'm, I speak primarily to compound bow shooters, there's some of the principles that I talk about that will definitely apply to tra the traditional archery world. However, I myself, other than having fun shooting, shooting a recurve here and there, have never hunted with a recurve. And I don't know that I, I at, this, at the short term, I, I don't have any plans to. So when I look and I'm breaking down numbers, it's because it's the um, potential for a longer effective range. It's there's a potential for um, increased opportunities based off of what a compound bow platform can give you. So going off that, that platform, everything's all about systems in place and references, right? Your peep site is a reference. Your anchor point is a reference. Um, your draw length is a reference. So all these things that are references, you know, your nose touching the string is a reference. All these references are put in place to help you be more accurate. When you can learn to eliminate variables within those references, that's when things really start to come together. And sometimes you have to use a coach to do that. That's unfortunately the, the video world side of information can be limited for that application. Oftentimes you need a good coach that's hands-on while you're at full draw or while you're doing some exercise or motion, they can move you into a certain position you need to be. They need, they can touch a point on your shoulder or your back to explain to you what you're doing as you're, as you're going through the process. You can't do that with the video. Video is great. YouTube's great. Podcasts are great. But if you really want to eliminate variables, hone your craft within your form and execution, you really need to consider a coach to help you through that. And at this time with social distancing and most places being closed, unfortunately, coaching is, is, uh, is a little bit tough. So getting back to eliminating variables, eliminating variables, very much like I'm just, I'm building up a new dozen arrows right now. 
for potentially my big game season. Um, looking at all things from uh, pronghorn through mule deer, assuming that I draw mule deer tag uh, in the high country this year. <clears throat> so the process that I go to go through to build my arrows from a standpoint of I like to start with the straightest shafts I can. Not that's not in everybody's budget or ability. Sometimes you're using you're trying to preserve arrows from year to year. You shoot the same brand of arrows and style and everything so you can preserve from year to year. These arrows are very similar to what I, they're actually cut the exact same length as what I hunted last year. They're the same arrows that I hunted last year. The only difference at this point is I didn't put a wrap on these arrows. And um, the, the reason, actually one of the reasons, I'm going back to trying a different vein. This is a hybrid vein by AAE, so it's not a, a max stealth. Um, this is a hybrid. It's a little bit lighter weight vein, not the exact same materials in as, as a stealth, but they're very similar. Flesh the same way. Um, I'm looking to try these out. Everything works great. Then I'm going to go with them as is. The other thing is, is when I'm building these arrows, I'm still, even though I'm taking the straightest shaft that I can buy within this brand, which I'm shooting Axis 300. These are the match grade shafts. Cutting from both sides, squaring off the ends. And then at that point, going to weight align the shafts and the components and try to have as consistent of a build from start to finish. It's the same uh, principles as when we're going in through the sight-in process with sighting in. And I'm going to go to the whiteboard here for a second. And as we talk about, again, looking to elevate your, your levels of success, you know, often cases, if someone would tell you that, you know, I just need to be, I just need, if I could have just done one, this, this one thing different, or if I could have just done this other thing different, that would have made all the difference. And when you look at the grand scheme, the big picture, the, the 15, 20,000 foot view of what your hunting season, your hunting year is from, you know, you coming out shooting your bow however many times preseason, dialing in your broadheads, you know, picking your gear, spending money on gear, possibly, hunt, you know, paying somebody to go hunt somewhere or just travel to hunt, your tags, time away from family, time away from work. You look at all these things and when you can sometimes narrow it down to, you know what, if I'd have just done this one thing better, if I'd have just done this one thing differently, I would have been successful. So in most cases, we're really looking at, at things on a very, very microscopic level and being anal about fixing things. So why not just as we're going through our process of preparation in the preseason, just pay a little bit more attention to detail. And I'm going to show you one way to eliminate variables within our system that we, do, we use for sighting in uh, to determine your effective range. But so first thing I already mentioned, number your arrows. If I go through my whole dozen arrows that I just built and number them on the fletching somewhere, I like to number it where I, I don't really, I won't see it. I won't have a high likelihood of seeing it. And so I'll just put a small number one sometimes on the, on the front part of the vein and one, two, three, four, five, all the way to 12. At that point, I know that arrow is now labeled. So when I go through this process, there's no wondering anymore. You know, the second thing is journal keeping. I just, if, if you haven't been on the Alpha Bow Hunting website recently, I, re I just added, I don't know, there's probably 30 videos up there right now, if not 40, of content that was on my paid, uh, my paid side of the, the online courses. I made it all free now. The journal keeping 
the junk sh shooting log, excuse me, it's the shooting log video course is short. It's like four or five videos, but it's very, very important. The, the better you understand what you need to be doing there, the better you're going to be able to understand growth and track process and, and be just a better archer, bow hunter, etc. But you really need to focus on that. So in this category of limited variables, we're going to be taking that into effect. And I have usually a little, <clears throat> my little small journal, I'll have a notebook, whatever I'm taking my notes on. That way I know, hey, I shot this day. This is what I did. This is what, how I could track it. So I can go back and, and I'm going to show you why as we go. So we're going to be tracking data. After we've done that, we've shot our arrows. Then we can evaluate and determine if we're going to cull any arrows out of our group because of inconsistencies that we cannot see or inconsistencies that we have not been able to build around because they're, they will still be there. And when you look at a knock potentially or an insert or a, a tip that you're using, we're talking about components that cost cents, pennies in many respects to make. So the, the, the uh, assumption that, that they're good, they're all consistent, I get they're not. If you want to really blow your mind, just take a grain scale and start weighing all your components. If you've never done that before, you know, again, you'll see a 100 grain 100 grain fill point that will weigh 96 grains or 103 grains. And you're going to tell me if one of your arrows is screwed on with a 96 grain tip and there's already a, a flaw in one of your inserts and then your other arrows are primarily 102 to 104 grains, that that one's not going to fly a little bit different. It will definitely show up at distance, maybe not so much up close. But that's what I'm saying is the variables we need to try to eliminate them. So when we go through our sighting process, and like I mentioned before, I'm just going to write some distances down here on my whiteboard. So as I show you, when we go through the process of testing your effective range for sighting in, this is the process that I would go through. I would have my number chart listed down there from whatever distance I'm gonna start at, and I'm gonna work myself down as I go. So I'm gonna shoot arrow number one. I'm gonna notate that in that block. Then I'm going to take a measurement. Okay, so arrow number one was 0.5 inches from the spot, straight high. Okay, then I'm going to move on. And I'm going to say arrow number two, right here, was also 0.5 inches straight high. All right, well, consistent there. Still pretty good group size. I'm not hitting. I'm not hitting the exact center of the center, but I'm really close. Right. And we're coming out to arrow number three, and let's say that I hit 1.5 inches high right, okay? Number four, continue. This is just an example, so I can show you two inches right, okay? Now I'm going to keep continuing down the process. So I'm just writing some numbers in here that are just random, but this is an example of what uh, you might see. So I've got my chart here, and these are I've wrote down these numbers just again as an example. At 20 yards, arrow number one, 0.5 inches high. At 25 yards, arrow number two, 0.5 inches high. At 30 yards, number, arrow number three, 1.5 inches high right. Number four, two inches straight right. Number five, at 40 yards, I hit two inches low. Number six, uh, 2.5 inches high. 
number seven, arrow number seven at 50 yards, 3.5 inches high right. Arrow number eight, 4.5 inches high. Arrow number nine, five inches high right. So at this point, <clears throat> I've got plenty of data to break down and evaluate. So you can, I'm gonna, right off the bat, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of my nine arrows hit high in this example. So right off the bat, I might be looking to see, am I really properly sighted in? It looks like I'm hitting high on everything, right? So am I hitting high? Am I, do I, is there an inconsistency with my peep? Am I not centering my peep on my housing properly? Um, it, am I getting soft on the back wall? There's things here that could be happening that are happening consistently that um, we need to fix because to have this many arrows hitting high of the spot is, uh, is a problem. Number two, we look at we look at the process here, and I say, well, you know what? I got one arrow that hit low. Everything else hit high, but one hit low. Well, you know what? I'm going to take a note, and I'm going to I'm going to remember here in my chart. I need I need to keep a look on arrow number five. Okay. So then I'm going to go through this process. Let's say that I go through and do it again, and I just double check my numbers, or maybe I go further distance. I still want to see what I can get out to 75 yards or so. So I continue to I continue to work this process, and then I come back later and I say, you know what, arrow number five is hitting outside of the group two out of three times. One time it could have been me. I just maybe didn't break a clean shot. I bobbled. But now I need now I have an arrow that potentially I need to take a look at. So I've went through this process. I've identified roughly a distance where I'm in my 4.5 inch group, my elk approved vital size group, and I know that at 60, I'm not far off, but if I go back and I recite my bow in, put a couple clicks in it, double check and do this again, odds are most of these numbers are gonna fall closer to the center, assuming it was a sight-in issue. So make one adjustment, adjust, put a couple clicks in the site, and go back and do it again. Keep Continue to track your data. In this case, I'm looking at arrow number five to where I see what happened. Now, what I may do is I may just throw, um, I may just throw, in the example at, the, at, at my shop in the sighting range where I have bales that are progressively working out, okay? If I'm going to do that in an example, instead of walking back from a target where I just shoot at a distance in a, at a bag, take a step, a couple steps over to the next distance, shoot an arrow, take a couple steps to the next distance, I really don't need to know what number I'm pulling out of my quiver because I know what the distance was because a bag corresponding with that distance tells me what it is. So in this case, if you mix up your numbers, that doesn't matter. What I want to say is don't have a preconceived notion. Oh, I'm loading arrow number five. Now I, I know it's going to hit low. So now you, you screwed yourself self-consciously made a, make a bad, bad shot because you think an arrow is bad. So what I like to usually do after I've done this, I'll go out to a, a distance my favorite distance to shoot at, okay? Usually mine's either 40 yards or 60 yards, and that's just because 40 yards is close enough to where I can really see small pin movement on a target, and it's I, I, I can feel like I can hold a really good group at 40 yards. 60 yards is the next distance that I like to do that at. Once I get out further than that, it really depends on the day and my execution if I can feel like I can put every arrow in a good group at that distance. So. Pick a number that you feel very confident in and go out and shoot two or three or four groups. Again, 
don't look at your arrow, which arrow you're slapping on your bow in this in this example, because you, it doesn't matter. Once you go down range, you're going to evaluate based off your group size, and then you'll see, oh, yeah, arrow number five is shooting low. Okay, well, if you, in the build process of your arrows, this is something that Gillingham really has hammered for a long time. Tim Gillingham, um, gold tip pro staff, very, very accomplished pro shooter. He likes to shoot every arrow through paper. Make sure you're knock lining every arrow. So you'll shoot an arrow. And if it's not tearing, if they don't all tear the exact same, you're rotating a knock, you're rotating a knock. In my example, I'd be able to rotate a knock a third position because I flesh all my, my fletching the same color. This is why I do this. And, and you can rotate that knock. And, and if it does not fix it, take the knock out, put a new knock in, shoot again, get it to where every arrow is shooting consistently through paper. If you've done that and then you still have a problem, then there could be something else, right? Maybe a veins kind of, who knows what it can happen. What I'm telling you is at times you need to be able to call arrows out of the group. You always, if any of you who've shot 3D or any type of 3D competition, it's funny because many of us, we'd be shooting on the side and range or the practice range. And right before go time, right before you walk onto the course, you know that one arrow that was hitting the spot every time. And you know, that's the arrow that you're depending on to carry you through and, and shoot a good round. Why not have plenty? Why not have multiples? If you go through this process and you've eliminated variables in the build process, you've eliminated variables in the tune process, you've eliminated variables in the sight-in process, come time where you're out there hunting, you have 100% confidence in every arrow in your setup, not just one or two. And because you know they've proven, it's proven to you based off of your data that you've kept in your journal to prove that to you. So again, eliminating variables. This is just one example in the arrow build scenario. There's plenty of other examples throughout the process of a bow build or a bow in general that you can eliminate variables. As we get into the, the videos for the emergency repairs in the field and um, and the game recovery and some of the new content that we're going to be putting on that membership section, adding into the what what, what is a situational, situational bow hunting 4.0 course of the Alpha Pyramid, that's where we really start to uh, identify other factors to track and and have more references. So if something does go out of whack, you know how to fix it. You know how to get it back or you know how to identify if something's went wrong. So that's about all I've got on this topic for now. Like I said, the eliminating variables topic will come back in many times as we continue to work through the preseason and getting into uh, getting into season because that's one of the hugest things that I feel is that's one of the hugest areas I, that, that can see improvement for everyone, myself included. So I hope you've enjoyed the, the last few videos. I, I have more coming. This is something that, again, with the stay-at-home order, we are um, – those of, those of us that are limited to what we can do with work, this is still my work, and that's one thing that I, I'm – there's plenty that I have that, that we're going to kick out. That, that all, that's all that needs to be said. So I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, staying active, shooting your bow where you can. If you're not, again, make a string bow. Work on that release. Work on your execution. Work on your mind game. Work on this, right? Work on 
check out some of the videos if you're interested in again in that membership section of the alpha bow hunting website that's going to be open here early april early april and there's going to be a ton of content on there getting continuing with the 3.0 series of the coaching structure that breaks down the rule of thirds, that breaks down the DEA method, that breaks down situational bow hunting. I've got some great guests that are going to be contributing additional information and content to that moving forward. And I'm just really excited. I'm actually going to record one of those tonight with someone. So that will be coming down uh, on, on the To The Point podcast here real soon. So with that being said, dream big, shoot straight, and we'll see you guys all soon.